100% overall from the field, but he was also 50% from three. He's five to ten. I know you're out there. It's okay. Stand back there. <laughs> no, more than likely, you're going to get that number one seed. And so I want him to be ranked in the number one eight. Welcome in to Let's Race Cougs. Another edition of Cougs. She's got another dominating victory over Jackson State. As Andy joins us here shortly, but another dominating win for the Cougars. Led by Emmanuel Sharp, career high 25 points. Houston, 89-55. Oh, Andy, you back with us. Yes, sir. Sorry, cut off. Uh, the, I don't know if it was a Wi-Fi or anything that, that had a lag there for a second. But, Dayon, like you were just talking about, we're coming off the heels Houston's 10th straight win to open up the 2023-24 season. Houston now improves to 10-0 on the year. They're 10 out of 10. And, like, Bugged Out is typing on YouTube or is commenting on YouTube. They uh, Houston Cougars need the Toyota Center filled with red, which is going to be their next uh, game, which will be next Saturday, next weekend at the Toyota Center. And quite frankly, which is going to be the biggest challenge left in the non-conference schedule, at least on paper. And that's against the top 25 team in the Texas A&M Aggies that everyone is excited about. But before we get too ahead, I'd like to thank each and every single one of you guys for joining us here for Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. Of course, we also like to say thank you to our secondary sponsor, in Star Pizza with three locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Be sure to stop by any of their locations every Tuesday during lunch for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. Star Pizza, as always, has free delivery since 1976. Dayon, you were about to touch on it before I uh, jump back on. Emmanuel Sharp, his performance, I mean, uh, we've seen it so much, but his release is always a beauty to watch, and he had his shot going today. A career high for him, 25 points. With the U of H Cougars, he got it going in the second half. He did. He continues to develop to more than just a shooter. And I think Houston is going to need him to do that. I, I think Ed, as the season goes on, it's going to be often times where it's the starting lineup with him and LJ Choir. They need Emmanuel to be more just a shooter and, and a scorer because honestly, really Jamal is really the only other player with that lineup that can have the ball in his hands and go create a shot without a screen or without a goal screen or without any different type of motion. And so um, he had a stellar, Mr. Consistent. I mean, game in and game out so far this season, whether he's making his threes or not, he's had an impact on the game. His defense, his ability to get to the free throw line. I'm really loving the development for what I'm seeing from Emmanuel Sharp. Yeah, Mr. Consistency, he exploded today offensively, but of course he wasn't alone. LJ Cryer is right up there with him when it comes to the uh, expectation, the standard that he's kind of set over the course of the last few games. He was the second leading scorer behind Sharp. He had 21 points. Didn't necessarily shoot well from the field when you look at his numbers, but continues to be able to be, again, that extra versatile player, was able to get to the free throw line with six for seven in a game that was chippy at times. It was very, uh, there was a lot of stoppage in terms of some uh, fouls and even technical fouls. I think there was a total of four technical fouls around in that area that were called, called in this game. So give credit to Jackson State and under head coach Mo Williams. They came out, they gave Houston everything they wanted in that first half and more. And uh, I mean, Kelvin Sampson was not happy at halftime. And uh, the assistant Kellen Sampson also talked about that. Uh, 
saying that the Houston Cougars always have the toughest team wins. And Kevin Sampson in the ESPN Plus broadcast interview said that Jackson State was the tougher team in that first half. Completely change in the script in the second half for Houston. They put up 52 points, and until the very end, they had held Jackson State to just under 20 points for that half. And then towards the end, Jackson State kind of got a late flurry um, once the game was well in hand. But Houston showed their fight. They showed uh, their toughness in that second half. In that first half, Jackson State was uh, the more aggressive team, especially on the rebounding. It was tied in the rebounding at halftime. Jackson, Houston ended up almost doubling. Or I think they did double Jackson State by the rebounding margin. But just their athleticism, I think that's something Houston would be able to um, – Houston would be able to benefit from playing Jackson State is play, seeing the athleticism that they play with the aggression. So there's one of the few teams that can match Houston athletically, but they didn't have the size and the depth for a full game to be able to compete with Houston. That's why Houston was able to pull away. And so I know the lot, the score was lopsided, but their first half would give Jackson State a lot of credit for really, really fighting. And that's why I really noticed with Houston, with these, and have to insert Damian Dunn because he's one of the other few players outside of Jamal that can get you an isolated bucket and compete off the dribble where you don't need a screen or any type of action. And so they play better competition. I think Houston will struggle certain times. And as I watch this game, it, of course they were going to beat Jackson State. So it's not really a lot to take away in regards to how they dominated them in regards to their defense. It's really just weighing them down. Big 12 basketball as one would say for other sport. <laughs> Yeah, Houston just played Big 12 basketball, and, and they had more bodies, they had more depth, and that, that played into factor in the second half. What I was going to bring up, to your point, Dayon, absolutely, they it was a complete, they dominated the rebounding battle in that second half, 28-6 to six in advantage of the Cougars in that second half. Jackson State had six rebounds, six rebounds that second half. That's incredible, and like you pointed out, they were dead even at halftime. Both teams had 19 apiece, and obviously, Obviously, that Houston finished the game with 47 rebounds, almost doubling Jackson State. That That's just a phenomenal mark right there where they were able to batten down hatches. Again, flex their muscles. They played Big 12 basketball in that second half. They did. And I'm sure Coach Sampson, and they heard from Coach Sampson, because um, Kellen at the halftime, like you mentioned, what he said, the tougher teams win. In the first half, Jackson State came out with a tougher, the more aggressive team. And everyone attacked the glass in that second half, and they was able to – control the boards and then really help them to help them open their pace and control the pace, get out in transition and not have to go against a half court set defense time and time after possession after possession. So the defense and the ability to pass ahead to get out get out of transition really helped them open up the lead. And I think with this team, they have so much so many ball handlers. They should look to play in transition even more. I think one of the few players who finally had a um kind of got off the snide and really hasn't been able to get into a rhythm and playing well is Malik Wilson. He had 10 points, and he's going to be vital because he's one of the other ball handlers, people that can initiate Houston offense as well as, um, yeah, just initiate Houston offense when Jamal is either tired or foul trouble or anything like that. Yeah, most definitely. Today, Malik Wilson got good runs in, like you mentioned, got up to 10 points. But I think um, to that point, there still hasn't necessarily been that key uh, back a point card when Jamal Shedd does get tired or if he does get in foul trouble. And uh, you know, Malik Wilson has kind of 
been that guy, but hasn't necessarily gotten consistent minutes. And tonight was a nice opportunity for him to be able to get 18 minutes, be able to get into a scoring rhythm. And hopefully that is something that he can continue to build on as Houston winds down their non-conference schedule. And as they get into the Big 12 conference schedule, most importantly for Malik Wilson, he had five rebounds. He had five assists too, only one turnover. So he had uh, by far a really, really great game for the Cougars. And he was aggressive. Uh, it was oftentimes when he got inside the paint, which he could do really well, he didn't look to score. This time he looked to score. It's 5 or 9 from the field, and him being aggressive, looking to take those shots, I think Houston was going to need that. And uh, as conference getting played, really their next game against Texas and who has really, really good guards and has the depth. And so, and they play pressure basketball. They want, they want to press you, and they want to, similar to Houston, kind of speed you up defensively. And so I'm looking forward to that matchup. So Houston really, really get – a good test, probably their best test uh, this season. Yes, sir. Certainly in non-conference play. Real quickly, we'd like to remind everybody that they are watching and or listening to Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. Let's Rage Cougs, the unofficial Houston post-game show for football and men's basketball. And we'd like to add down the original as well. Of course, we also like to say thank you to our secondary sponsor, and that is Star Pizza with three locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Be sure to stop by any of the locations every Tuesday during lunchtime for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. Star Pizza, as always, has free delivery since 1976. On the topic of Malik Wilson, the guard, this was a really strong showing for the guards against Jackson State, and I think that's something where, just in terms of the personnel for the Tigers, is something that Houston was able to exploit in this matchup but we talked about Cryer, we talked about sharp obviously we just talked about wilson but jamal shed same thing nine points six assists only two turnovers Terrence arsenal let it fly a little bit towards the end of the second half as well yeah terrence did let it grow but jamal just steady he, he's really the engine of this team defensively he jump starts um their pressure with the way he pressures the basketball and Offensively, he did a good job of really penetrating, getting inside, creating for others, and that's really what he does best. Although he did, I think shooting the ball is really primarily from three, and he missed a lot of floaters and mid-range shots that he normally makes. But the way teams are going to guard him on that pick and roll, they're going to dare him to shoot it. Oftentimes they go under the screen, and that opens up his three-point shot. He has to show that he can make that, and that's pretty sure what scouts told him looking forward for the next level. But today he, he played a good game, especially defensively, his pressure. The way they was able to take away Jackson State best player, I believe Evans, um, was really impressive. Yes, and again, to, to kind of reiterate the second half turnaround, Jackson State shot 45% from the field at half. They were shooting 45% from the field at halftime. In the second half, that fell all the way to 38%. Meanwhile, Houston, they were struggling in the first half, shooting just above 40, or just above, I should say, 34%, and they picked that up to 51%. Again, a total of two halves for Houston. Now, when it comes to the Cougars, <clears throat> by the way, uh, we kind of mentioned Tar Terrence Arsenal, but 10 rebounds as well, so his strong rebounding continues, and he's he continuing to string together to a couple of strong performances. Performances, But what I was going to say, when it comes to the Cougars, they're sitting at 10-0, winding down non-conference play, the biggest test upcoming in Texas A&M. Now, for you, what are you really looking forward to seeing from the Cougars in this upcoming matchup against the Aggies? 
really their ability to score in a half court set. I think that's something that um, they're going to need to get better at and executing in a half court set. They really don't have a dominant low post score like they've had in years past, and um, and so it's primarily a guards game. Jamal Shedd, he will have the ball in his hands, and I think they will really, really lean on him a lot. So just when they play against a team who has the can match them with their guards and their depth in their guards, it's going to come down to who can score and beat their one-on-one matchup. And that's what I'm looking to see, how many, which of their guards can step up and be their, their score. I know LJ leads them in points, but the way that he gets his points is primarily off screens, some of their goal screen actions. Or if they go on the screen here, that's what he does. One thing he does well was read screens and be able to pick and choose when to take his three-point shots. And so he had they have a sniper in that, but when the game goes down and it slows down and shots aren't falling, who are they going to go to? And I think maybe Damian Dunn and Emmanuel Sharp is in developing to be more than just a shooter and could be a scorer. So that's really important what I'm going to be looking forward to. What about you? No, I agree 100%. What I'm looking forward to is for Houston to – I hope they, they're in a dragged-out dogfight in which that it comes down to final possessions, which they haven't really had so far through the first 10 games of their non-conference schedule. They kind of had it against Xavier in that, I mean, for the most part, they were able to pass that test uh, early on at the beginning of this month. But hopefully in a neutral neutral site, it'd be interesting to see what the split is at Toyota Center when it comes to Houston fans and Aggie fans, obviously, um, within the state of Texas. I'm sure there's going to be a decent amount of of both schools in that game, but I hope it comes down to the wire, comes down to the last possessions, particularly um, so we can see how Houston executes down the stretch and, and down to your credit, like you said, how does Houston react to adversity? And you know, in this game, Javier Francis, Juwan Roberts, they didn't really have to rely on those players uh, much, but I, I want to see how this team reacts when they are um, tested and they have to execute in late game situations, which I think we can both agree that is going to come regardless really soon once they get into Big 12 conference play. It, it might be a daily occurrence by the time they get in conference play that they have to execute in late game situations. Definitely is. And, and, and that's what I want to see. Who do they go to in those spots? Who steps up and makes the plays in those spots? We've seen Jamal do it time and time again in his career. And I think they will um, lean on him or not, but if he's in foul trouble, or however the game may go, certain players are going to have the opportunity to step up in this year's team. They haven't been in those moments for those players to be able to step up. And so I, I can't wait to see it. But one thing that they can lean on and count on is their defense. Because oftentimes when Houston goes on a drought scoring, the other team is in a drought as well because of how well they are defending. And so the defense travels, the culture, and the rebounding travels. And oftentimes I want to see how they rebound against high-level competition too because it's early on in some of these games, it's been even close at the half, and some of them it's been close when they finish. And so can they sustain this high level of rebounding against better competition in conference play as well? Definitely. And yeah, no, the other thing that I'd be interested to see is when it comes to Houston's bigs, um, they're a little bit thin up front. I'm curious to yep. see what happens if you know, a Jawan Roberts, if a Javier Francis gets in foul trouble and then JoJo Tugler has to step in or what if two bigs get in foul trouble? What's kind of the lineup that Houston goes to? I think we've seen it in stretches where it might be a Terrence Arsenal has to go down to the four. And again, the different lineups and see how Houston reacts in situations that, that just have not been in often through the first 10 games of their non-conference schedule. 
No, that's a great point. Would they have been in it? And, and all the time, you see the four guard lineup, and so we'll let something that plays in their favor because Terrence is going to have his breakout game coming soon. The way he's been able to rebound the basketball now is just for his shot and his consistently and his shot and his scoring to catch up with that. And then I, I probably you'd be more comfortable in those four guard sets because he can rebound and he can defend. And not, my, most teams don't have two bigs; they most have. Um, one big and a, and a stretch four. And so I can't wait to see. Um, so far, like this game, it's been nothing but dominant performance but gets undermatched teams. And so um, I'm impressed by the 10-0 record, but they haven't really played anyone, honestly. Well, they've taken care of business, but I think we agree as they start to wind down the non-conference play. They have three non-conference games left in the schedule. Obviously, Texas A&M, the big challenge. Then they play Texas State that Thursday, and they wrap up non-conference play on the second and last day of 2023. Hard to believe that the year is almost over. They'll be taking on Penn on December 30th, and then they open up Big 12 play on January 6th against West Virginia at home so um, whether they're ready or not those conference games and those tests are going to come um, pretty soon go ahead down we're going to say something yeah Penn is going to be a tough test too I watched their game against Kentucky today and they won the uh, I believe the second or top two in three-point shooting and the way they share the basketball and cut that's going to be a very um, intriguing game I think Penn will give them a good test they they can really shoot and they can really score they move without the basketball really well too Yes, sir. That would be uh, definitely an, uh, something, a game to be um, keep an eye on. What I was going to say is I'd like to say thank you to our secondary sponsors for today's episode in Star Pizza with three locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Be sure to stop by any of their locations every Tuesday during lunch for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. Star Pizza, as always, has free delivery since 1976. Of course, we'd like to thank everyone who has joined in and taken the time to comment, bugged out, and also watch us live on YouTube. This is Let's Rage Cooks presented by the Saxonian family as begin as we begin to unwind things here on today's episode. Houston came out victorious 89 to 55. They outscored Jackson State 52 to 26 in the second half. So they literally doubled them in that period. But we touched on Arsenal, we touched on Shed, we touched on Cryer, kind of touched on the front court. But, Dan, I want to get your thoughts on Francis and Roberts combined in this game against Jackson State. Now, again, very well, it's just the way the game played out and what Jackson State was doing. But between the two, they only had three shots. They went two for three from the field. Any, what are your thoughts on that in terms of, of how that turned out from the big man for Houston? Yeah, I'm surprised because this last game we saw a conference effort to get JBA touches on the block. And, and normally it's either one of them, mostly J1. And so surprised it was a concerted effort to get them touches on the block, being that they have the size advantage against a smaller Jackson State. Although Jackson State post um, didn't have the size, they didn't have the length and athleticism to really um, guard both of them as, as well. And so just going forward, both of those post their post presence offensively will be needed. I think on a game-to-game basis, depending on the matchup, Coach Sampson established a great job of picking and choosing which matchup, when to get them touches. But they're going to need some type of offensive output, I believe, from them in certain games. And if they get in foul trouble, that that could be a problem, especially both of them, because it's primarily been JoJo with the other big coming off the bench with Terrence at that four spot when they go to a four-guard lineup. 
Michael Jones on YouTube agrees with you, Dan. He says Penn is going to be a challenge. Again, that's going to be the last non-conference game on the schedule for Houston. But as we uh, begin to wrap things up, well, quick note, Brian Elvin suffered a uh, cut to his lip late in the game. Had to go out. We saw some Cedric Lott. Now, we haven't really talked much about Cedric Lott, but I think we can both agree he still looked very green early on. Obviously, he still hasn't even been a full year when the Houston program he came in January last season. So, still obviously getting out of the wing. But what are your thoughts on the very, very limited run that you've seen of Cedric Lott? Big body. Um, you have to see the athleticism. And maybe we talked about those other two getting foul trouble. Could he come in a spot and give them some spot minutes and at least be able to defend and control the boys and rebound? But you could tell, like you said, he's definitely green in a lot of areas offensively, a lot of development needs to do. But in regards to athleticism, size, he he, will give, he brings them that, give, can give them that. As a team, top to bottom, amongst both teams, a lot of uh, free throw shooting. In this game, they combined to shoot 58 free throws, both Jackson State and Houston did. Focusing on the Cougars in particular, they shot 22 for 31 from the charity stripe. LJ Cryer, 6 for 7. Emmanuel Sharp, 8 for 10. Um, so... So that's encouraging to see those guards be able to excel from the free throw shooting, rebounding top to bottom again. Flipped the switch in the second half. Assist. They had 16 assists to 13 turnovers. Again, not to be nitpicky, but in a perfect world, 13 turnovers too high. Now most of them came in the second half, but or most of them came in the first half in which Houston was struggling. But that's something that they need to get down, especially when they play those tougher opponents down the road. Yes, for sure, because those teams can turn those turnovers into points. And so if they can limit the possession and giving up extra possession to the team, it's only going to help them get up more up, up shots and more opportunities to get offensive rebounds. And so that's one of the things. I think not only sometimes it's good to just to get it up on the rim and get your athletes a chance to get up and either get a, a put back or get a tip to, to kind of reset the possession. And Houston does a good job of that. And so – I'm looking forward going forward. Can they be able to sustain what they've done in some of these lesser talented teams, but not as uh, much as depth as they have? But the free throw shooting is definitely, definitely something I'm sure if they practice on time and time again. I don't think it'd be something they really have to worry about because most of the players that go to the free throw line often are good free throw shooters. And today, um, they took a lot of shots. I think LJ knocked down his free throws. Emmanuel went eight for ten, and so really Emmanuel getting ten free throws. It's something that we should really That's pay attention to, yeah. yeah, because he's being aggressive, not not just selling for jump shots. And they're going to need him to do that, and he can be an eighty percent, ninety percent free throw shooter. He's got to be aggressive, looking to score, not always selling for a jumper. And I love the steps that he's taking. I think he can step into their role and be a prolific scorer. And quite frankly, when he has a shot going like he did tonight, he was very, very difficult to guard because obviously you have to close out and not only to close out, he can literally take, he can shoot um, three, four feet behind the three-point line. So it just stretches the defense so far. And now that he's proven he can put the ball on the floor and drive past him, it's just creating obviously more opportunities for himself, but also for his teammates. And that's going to be something that is definitely encouraging, like you said, Dayon. Uh, but 
that's pretty much going to do it for today's episode of Let's Rage Coos. We'll go to final thoughts and wrap it up officially, but did want to note uh, Willie Fritz and his coaching staff now continues to make the rounds at the Fertitta Center. They were not only at the game, but they were already uh, meeting with recruits uh, taking advantage of the Fertitta Center environment, something I thought would be uh, worth noting. People can find me on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, most importantly, if you're watching us on YouTube and or the Potsdam Pajama, or if you're watching us on the Houston Rambo Review YouTube channel or the Potsdam Pajama YouTube channel and or X, be sure to hit the subscribe button, leave a like, and or hit the follow button on X.com. If you're listening to audio only, be sure to make us a part of your daily routine. And with that being said, Dan, I'll toss it over to you. Where can people find you and any final thoughts? Another impressive game by Houston and being able to dominate against a superior team. You can find me on all social media platforms like it showed on the screen. Every day I done that. We appreciate everyone taking the time with their Saturday to join us, comment, and just watch us and participate in this edition of Let's Race Cougs. Looking forward to their next matchup. We get quite a bit of a break before they take on Texas A&M. I know the Cougs will be ready, and I'm looking forward to the matchup. But as always, let's go Cougs.